y'all? Welcome to the Catch Up Roundtable. We're here in Houston, Texas at Rosalie and Maine with our live audience. I hope y'all looking good and feeling better. Ever since the quarantine, we've been down, man. We haven't done much. We haven't been able right. to shoot. So I'm just happy that we're back in a space with healthy people. Nah, You're healthy. healthy. I stayed healthy. Good. For sure. How you feeling? What you been doing? I feel amazing. Um, you know, of course, I have my management and marketing firm. So I've been working with clients. I've been doing different things in regards to marketing. How about okay. I mean, I've been working. I've been, I, I work a nine to five. I do this. I do get up, get out, get active. It's, it's a lot going on. And I feel like on a day to day, I'm spinning. I'm spinning in circles. I don't know if you felt like that. Like, you wake up and it's nighttime, <laughs> and then it's time to do it all over again, so. No, nah, I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, you work with a lot of clients, but, you know, you have to just prioritize, like, what you do and how you go about yeah. it, so. No, nah, I mean, I've been really, you know, just honing into my, my craft and just working on what I need to in order to get things accomplished, so. So you've been productive during quarantine? Extremely. So we're gonna cheers to that. Shout out to Martel. Definitely. Because they got this this cognac that's putting hair on my chest, <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's something I didn't do during quarantine to shave. Make sure y'all get that ketchup drink while y'all here. Make sure y'all get that ketchup drink. Did you shave during quarantine or no? I shave every week. Shave what? <laughs> you shave. I shave a lot. Every your face. Week. I shave a lot. Every oh, okay. Week. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Okay, so on top of on, on top of getting your clients, so you join me on the ketchup roundtable back in March, right? Right. Right. And I think we thought about this show as like, well, actually I thought about this show as a place for us to like really express opinions about current events, lifestyle, entertainment, all the things that are relevant to everybody today, right? So you coming on the show, how did, like, what did you think? Did you ever envision being a show host or like what? To be honest, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I'm more of a realist. So I just like being like upfront, straightforward. I just thought maybe I can provide some type of uh, perspective that would be more organic when it's dealing with real people. Okay. And when I say real people, I mean like real instances, real situations, and I can pro provide like an on-spot perspective about anything that's going on with things that, that deals with our type of people. Right, you okay. I mean? Without really going too deep into that, like our type of people, I mean, from where we come from, from what we do, and that type of background. So I thought okay. that would be my perspective. So when you talk about where you come from, so when we shot the promo video, mm -hmm. and you and I just met like February, and it's I was like, before that, but yeah. maybe Jan, Feb, sometime around yeah. then. Okay, so you said you were bringing like this really street perspective. Right. So where in, the, where in the streets are you from? So I'm from Chicago. Chi-town! Anybody else from Chicago? No? They don't feel right. Oh! <laughs> Y'all know about that shot. Okay, you from the Midwest? Okay, okay, Midwest in the building. I'm from the Midwest too, though. Where about? I mean, we can call it Flynn or Detroit. I mean, whichever one you want to put it. Well, but, which uh, one did you stay in? Both. Both? Okay. Yeah, okay. both. I was born in Flint. I lived in Detroit as an adult, so. Okay. You know, it goes both ways. Gotcha. But I understand that that Midwest gritty. So Israel, um, you know, you have to pinpoint where when you're from Chicago because where in Chicago on, you from? I'm from the west side of Chicago. The west side of Chicago. So it's a okay. You know, if you're from the west side, south side, north side, it means something depending on where you're from. Okay. Where I'm from. So. So the fact that neither one of us are from Houston, that's one of the hardest things I found about living in Houston, and trying to really break into the industry is like. Houston already got their circle set, right. right? Houston, you know, you got your same people running all the things. Mm -hmm. 
And I'll admit it's even a struggle to get people to be engaged with the show. And that's the honest part about trying to do something that nobody else is doing or put yourself in a position to be rejected. It's like, you're gonna take the heat from another city? That's what Chicago doing? I think it's a grind no matter what you do though. Like if you go somewhere else, like they don't always accept you, but you have to grind until they do accept you. Right. So I just feel like that's where we are at this point. Like a lot of people accept what we do because they support us being that they understand who you are and they're supporters of you and your brand. But at the same time, it's like a lot of people that don't know you and your brand, yeah. they won't get attached to you until you build up a certain, you know, level of uh, credentials. Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, that's the place that we're at right now. Like certain people, they'll get attached once they see it moving. Yeah. I will say I have a lot of great friends here in Houston, Texas. I got to give a shout out. I got to I got to give a shout out to all of my favorite people who show up every time like Houston is is home to me now. Right. So I'm trying to just, you know, make my own lane and I think that's that's what's most important about moving to a new place mm -hmm. is like you got to be willing to take rejection and you got to be willing to keep going and you got to be willing to keep putting yourself in people's face and being like, this is this is who I am, this is what I do. And right. at, at some point they'll respect it if you do it the right way. So what made you want to do a podcast as a whole? Like what, like what made you want to just start? Like, you know what, let me do a podcast and put myself out there on this level. Like, how did you come up with that? Honestly, you know what, the queen of entanglement, <laughs> y'all know who that is? The queen, the, the queen, queen of, of entanglement. Jada, okay, so <laughs> Jada dropped Red Table Talk a couple right, years right, ago. Right, right. And when I saw Jada doing Red Table Talk, I was like, the concept is so simple, but the, the meaning behind the show is so powerful mm -hmm. that it's something that I kind of want to do, but not necessarily in the form of trying to get people to heal. You know, it's a lot of healing and right. Zen meditation on that show. <laughs> so I just really wanted to create a space where it's like real people talking about real shit all the time and you have real reactions from other people who have opinions because I put myself in these social circumstances where we have these same conversations right. sitting around my table, right? So I was like, okay, why not just make it something that people can watch, people can engage with, people wanna see after we shoot it. And so that was my whole idea behind the Catch Up Round Table. Okay, that makes sense, I like that. No. I didn't. I never knew that, so I'm glad we're shooting this and we're getting this, you know, honest feedback. Oh, you didn't know so, that? No, I didn't. I never knew that. So oh. we're getting that. Interesting. You know, so, but yeah. but now Black Black Wall Street, though, I will have to give a very special shout out to Black Wall Street because Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street in Houston is a different type of beast. So. He, Frank, wherever he is, he really got the game sold up. Like he's really putting on, like he's seeing people with dreams and visions. And I know eventually this is gonna become a much larger platform. Sure. But I think what he's doing is really trying to make sure that he gives people who he believes in a voice and the opportunity to have a platform to do so. Sure. So I think that's where Black Wall Street came into play and, and really wanted to produce the catch up round table. And I'm, I'm extremely uh, grateful for that. Shout out Black Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so real quick, um, I want to know how did Martell get involved? Like, how do we, you know, get Martell involved? Can you get a, you know, Martell? A I mean, Martell saw vision. Martell saw the vision, and they they saw the opportunity. And I know that this thing is gonna grow. So whoever comes on board to be sponsors, I want somebody to sponsor my clothes. Like, so what are you, I, what are you wearing today? By today the way? I'm wearing a shirt by Allie. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Allie, one time for Allie. Allie. What's Allie. the social media? What's the social media? If I have to say my social... Oh, am I in it? No. Keep getting up. Hey, world. 
So, so wait, wait, wait. Let me give y'all a little intro, though. Allie, Allie dresses me for a lot of different events. She lives in Dallas, Texas. She's from Jersey. Mm. Um, but Allie is like my stylist. This, okay. is, this is my guru. Like, anytime I'm like, Allie, pull up with a couple options for me. She like, okay, girl, I got you. <laughs> and, and we in there. So, yeah. what's the social so media? Simple. How can they find oh, you? My social media is Miss M S dot Allie B. So if y'all want some, you know, fit, how do you spell Allie? 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 A L L I E. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So if y'all need fit, she in it. She in it. Okay. Thank you, Allie. Thank you. Okay. okay. All right. We appreciate you, Allie. Allie Thank B. you, Allie. Yeah, yeah. Miss Allie well, B. So up. yeah, that's that's who hooked it up for me. But what you be wearing? So you know, I'm I'm all situational. Um, okay. I got a little paisley gray. I got a little paisley. Yeah. It's just it's just some some minor. I got. So little, uh, where you where do you get your fashion sense from? So um, it depends. I have a few situations. Like I have a few people who do custom. Okay. Pieces. And then um, I have a few few people that work, you know, at different places, so I get different pieces. You don't want to shout nobody out? You don't want to give, um, you know, you keep, you one of them people that like to keep all of your favorite stuff secret. Nah, so Somebody asks you where you got it, you like, oh, I don't remember. No, and you go there every week. If y'all reach out to me on social media, I can give y'all all, all <laughs> of mine. <laughs> oh, you stingy with the intel. Different pieces come from different places. However, like today, I'm really dressed from Men's Warehouse, to be honest with you. Okay. So one of my stylists work at Men's Warehouse. So I pull up to Men's Warehouse. And she'll he style me. Oh, she? Yeah, okay. she'll style me and get me together. And today is all Men's Warehouse. So let me let me ask you, do you feel like men or women have a better, better fashion sense for men? Uh, for me, I feel like women. I feel like women have a better fashion sense. Okay. Because I feel like it's more like when men dress you, it's more like, you know what I'm saying? Like when they trying to make you look real macho. Yeah, like I don't want but you. But you wanna, macho. But see, that's the thing. Like, I don't. You don't want to look off. that way. I want to come off as more like the color. You see the colors that I'm wearing. It's soft. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to be. I want to be soft. Like I don't want a woman to look at me and be like he's too aggressive. Like I want to be soft. Like I want to come across like. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about. Okay, so do you want to look aggressive, or, or what? What if you really look not aggressive, but you are aggressive? Depending Baby on, Blue ain't gonna tone it depending down. Depending on where you're going, like it's a situational. You know what I mean? If I'm going to a business meeting where I have to deal with a lot of men and I have to be aggressive, red. then I want to look aggressive. Okay. But if I'm going to a situation, I'm going on a date, and I'm I'm being with a female with a woman, I want to look a little soft. You know what okay. I'm saying? So depending on where you're going or who you're dealing with, like you don't want to come across too aggressive. So I want to, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to be a little soft tonight. Shrug your shoulders I'm then. I'm a little soft tonight, you know? I see you, Mr. Marvin. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that word soft, though, that yeah. you used okay. in terminology, because mm -hmm. I feel like this is very, something very important, especially for young boys. Okay. The concept of being or looking soft. Mm -hmm. What is that? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Because, and, and I'll give you an example because who was it? Somebody the other day posted, like, I wish we would just love our sons and show them that we right. love them, tell them we love them, it's okay to cry. But like, guys have this whole complex that they need to be hard. Mm -hmm. That's why you said you need to wear red to a man meeting and be like, I'm gonna eat all y'all for dinner. I don't wear red. Okay, well, you wear dark blue or whatever the color is. But the concept of looking and being soft right. like where does that fall on a scale for guys and what's the cutoff so i have a nine-year-old son just okay kind of put that in perspective okay and i tell him every every like two seconds i love him you know what i'm saying like just so he understands like 
it's not a you know I lack it yeah nah I, I love you you know what yeah. I'm saying that's my nine year old son like I want him to understand like no matter what goes on like you know how far apart or how close we are like you always have somebody that loves you you know what I mean yeah so when it when it deals with like my my son it, it doesn't matter what the situation is what color what size yeah. what shape it's always you know an element of love so I never hold anything back in regards to him and I you know I yeah. just teach him you know the right way I just and that's good big ups to you and all the other fathers that's really like preaching love into their sons over fear and, and trying to be dominant you know yeah. I think there's there's power in love uh, for a lot of women though a lot of young girls today I feel like we're now taught strength and we're taught to be like resilient right. and less weak you know like you don't want that kind now you tell girls to stop crying like why are you crying you fell scabbed your knee like mm. nobody cares get up it's like this reverse psychology now that I feel like little girls are now taught to be a lot tougher than, than I remember. I think I was kind of just like, I wanted to be tough because I was just a little tomboy. Yeah, you tough. <laughs> get up, get out, and get uh, active. You are tough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I could do more. I could do more. I'll say that. I post it, and I mean it when I post it, but y'all don't see me post it every day. I seen you playing football. Oh yeah, yeah. You tough. I play some football. You are tough. I play some football. You she, can, you can meet me. She catch him with her hands, not with a chest. She catch him with her hands. I see you on the Hey, I, t I tell any fella that meet me on the field, wear your cleats. <laughs> like you must wear cleats. We're not playing with tennis shoes when you right. pull up on shy. Slip and slide all yeah. day. So we know all of the major sports are playing right now, right? I'm right. a huge sports fan. I grew up playing volleyball, basketball, running track. I played women's pro football, powerlifting. Were you Every good though? Were you oh, good I though? was great. <laughs> I was great. Check the credentials. <laughs> Ask anybody who went to middle, elementary, or high school with me. Or college, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so what team did you pick in? Um, I'm going for anything dealing with Chicago. So Chicago football, basketball, soccer. You know, I'm going for fire, uh, the Cubs, uh, the Bulls, the Bears, anything. The Chicago. Bulls. I, I haven't, I haven't rooted for the Bulls since Jordan. But I bet you somebody. Ninety six. Somebody said ninety six. But I bet you every time you see somebody in the street, they wearing some Jordans. Like you know. That's true. That's, that's like true. a representation of Bulls. Like I'm Chicago forever. Shout out to Autumn for pouring us up. Yeah, we got we got a re up on Martell. Shout out Cheers. Mm -hmm. Um the finest cognac putting hair on my chest though. Mm, you gotta that. take it take a deep swallow. Say that. So what we talking about the hood, Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about like making it out the hood. Mm. Cause I grew up middle class, black family. I really didn't live in the hood. I really like my parents had a tight hold on us, so I didn't hang out in the hood. But as I got older, I had a different type of appreciation for the hood. Okay. Um, but I think there's definitely opportunity for us to do better from where we're from and where we're going. So I know you posted something on your Instagram earlier this week. Somebody had, um, had I guess, video where you were from. Yeah. And they were like, Marvin, look at where you from. Like, look at how you made it. Like, bro, keep going. Like, they sent you some motivational type situation. So listen, I'm not gonna even lie to you. Like, that, that was like dear to my heart. So uh, a childhood friend, they rode through my neighborhood Okay. And so they sent me a video saying, man, you made it off the west side of Chicago. Like, you're really doing that big. Like, you got a condo downtown. Like, you in Houston. Like, you literally made it out of Chicago. Yeah. 
And so, you know, being from Chicago, like a lot of people don't make it off their block, let alone out of the city. But what do you think made you any different? So let me preface this for you, because I live in Fifth Ward right now. Okay. And every time when I first decided to move to Fifth Ward, I have a house in, mm -hmm. in an area that I think they're trying to, like, you know, rebuild. And your house is bomb, by the way. Okay. Her house is bomb. She got, like, 12 stories in that Okay. House. Don't lie to these people. Don't lie to these people. She got, like, it's not, No, it's now. not no 12 stories. It's, none of that. It's, it's a townhouse, okay? It's a townhouse. Okay, so I, I have a townhouse in Fifth Ward, but when I moved there, mind you, I'm not from Houston, everybody said this was considered Edo. And when I tell people that's from Houston that I live in Edo, they look at me sideways, right. like, what is Edo? Like, we don't know nothing about no Edo. That's Fifth Ward, like, that's, that's the hood. And I live in supposedly one of the worst areas that used to be like Fifth Ward or I guess a lot of crime used to happen. So I go running in the mornings and I see these kids walking to school and I'm speaking to the kids. Like I'm jogging, all happy-go-lucky, like get up, jog, get active. And I see these kids walking to school and I have this exchange with them and their parents are walking probably like 20 feet behind them like they irritated about walking them to school. And I'm like, good morning, y'all, have a good day. And these kids don't even speak back. Like they just, they kind of look at me like I'm doing something foreign to Where them. I mean, I'm from a lot of places. I'm from Flint before it turned so into the from, dirty water city. But you, you from Michigan, like the hoods in Michigan is different than the hoods oh, no. in Flint in is Flint right now is a third world country. So, that, but I don't know nothing about that because I lived in Flint when GM was still pumping money into Flint. You know, like. But being being from Michigan or Flint, Michigan is different from being from Houston, Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, or Chicago, I guess. Or Chicago. So, like, being out here, like, the hoods are not as hood as where you're from. Really? Nah. So how can how can you judge a hood by the hood? Like, what's the scale of the hood? If it's scary to a kid in Flint, it's scary to a kid in Chicago. What What's the scale? You don't need to say, like, your hood worse than my hood. I mean, it's really, like, if you look at it from a, from a, a perspective of how you came up and what's going on right now. So I came up in Chicago, like in that era where, you know, the drill music and everybody drilling and all of that type of thing. That's not going on in Houston right now. You know what I'm saying? It's no real hoods in Houston that say, like, you can't go to this area and they, they still tripping on colors and they still tripping on the way you turn your hat and that type of thing. They still tripping to, on that in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Really? That's real. That's real where I'm from. Like, you, it's certain locks you're not able to go on based on what color you wear with the way your hat. So if you're from out of town and you don't know that, what's the chances of you being okay? You better stay on mainstream blocks. You better stay downtown, mainstream blocks, and areas where Interesting. They, yeah. So as a kid that made it out of that situation, like what gave you the motivation or like what inspired you to be okay with not living that lifestyle any longer? I was homeless at 17. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I didn't finish high school at that time. Mm -hmm. So when I was homeless and I was trying to finish high school, it was like, it was certain things that showed me like, you need to continue to like move forward. And the biggest thing was a lot of guys in the streets was telling me, this not for you. Like, you're not a street guy. Like, you need to go back to school. This ain't, this, this not you. Like, so how do they determine who is for and who is not for? People in the street determine that. <laughs> they told me like this ain't interesting for you. like get out the streets and go back to school like go finish go do something productive with your life so how do we how do we go back and save the kids who are told this is for you it's like because because like if they telling that, that, that tell them, like, right. it's not for you 
Yeah. It's people like myself that can say, like, I've been through that situation. Like, it was people that told me this not for you. I mean, it's not for anybody, right? No, nah, it's, it's for some people. Some no, people got, Some people got that mind frame. Like, it's some people that got that mind what, frame. What kind of mind frame? To get up and go get it? Because you can go get it legally. It's some people you can't talk to. It's some people you're not able to talk to them and tell them, like, get out the street. This not for you. It's some people you can't tell nothing. Like, they, they don't leave the block. It's some people who never leave their street, let alone the hood. But those are the people that walk around looking extremely angry and hurt. And, and those people you can't change. Yeah, no, you can't, but they haven't seen anything else. So how you gonna show them something else when they don't wanna see nothing else? I mean, it's honestly putting ourselves in those places to feel vulnerable. Like I pull up in the hood, I pull up at the corner store by my house low key and I be scared as I'm gonna give you an example. I be scared, I'm scared shit. I just wanna Gatorade and a Red Bull and I don't want these to take me. But at the same time, I do want to pull up and be, hey, how y'all doing? Like smile because they used to seeing chicks come up through there asking for some money, trying to right. sell them some vagina, you know? <laughs> so I, for $40, yeah, you know what $40. I mean? Like $40, I'll suck it. And, 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 right, so I pull up at the corner store like, okay, Chanel, be bold, you by yourself, but you in the hood and you know that you, you out of place and you know you look out of place. But I also put myself in those positions because I want to show them something different. And I think every time I leave and I say, hey, how y'all doing? Like, what's good? Y'all having a good day? And I get in my car and I leave and I'm unbothered. I feel like I leave on them a lasting impression. Like, okay, there's somebody different than what I saw walking down the street earlier. So let me give you this. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, you got a person that never been, I'm from Chicago, 16th and Comiskey, K-Town, Westside. We don't know none of that, yeah, but whatever that, that is. So let me get you. Ah, Westside Chicago, what's good? Because we like signals. So listen, let's just say you you in, you in the K, like you riding. Okay. Block, you pull up on Comiskey, you got somebody that never left that block as far as that mentality. They don't know. They've never been outside of Chicago, okay. let alone that block. Okay. And you try to come to them and tell them it's something different. How are you going to change that mentality? Like, how are you going to show them something different? I mean, as, as long as you be an example, if, if, there were 50, if there were 50 of me pulling up at the same corner store every day, it would look different. It won't. No, you, it won't listen, because I'm the only look, one listen, pulling up looking listen, different. You look Everybody else look the same. So, yeah, I look like the eyeball. Chanel, Chanel, you looking different. You have to take them out of that element. I can't. Show you them. can't take everybody exactly. out the hood. You so you got to you gotta at least so they tease them. Exactly who they like, be. hey, nah. you out here shooting videos. You can do something. You can shoot commercials. They, like, they hear a lot. You gotta show them, but you can't tell them people. You I gotta think, show them. I think at I'm some from point. That, I'm from that neighborhood where if you don't show me, like it's nothing different. You have to literally show me. I think else you in the same boat as everybody else. I think at some point it takes initiative from the people that live there also to wanna seek something different. I feel like the gist of the conversation ultimately sounds like more people like you need to go back to the hood and make sure that kids understand it's a different way. I'm not from the hood, so I can show up and pull up all I want looking privileged, like the white people. But at the same time, it's going to take a lot of people who understand all of the intricacies, the ins and outs of the hood, to really go back and reach the kids to get them out of that. And that's everywhere. our only way to change that. I've been everywhere. I went to Iowa Central Community College. I graduated from Michigan Tech University. Okay. I'm from the hood in Chicago where I grew up in that environment, so it's like, I've got a chance to see, you know, every walk of, you know, yeah. every walk of life in that element. So I've 
got my chance to see And I'm life. proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you because you're doing something different. And the statistics yeah. are against you. So sure. we already know you like you breaking barriers already. But I'm so, going back for sure. You going back. I'm going back. I'm gonna I'm I'm show Oh, you're gonna reach back. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna reach back. I'm gonna reach back. I'm with I'm yeah. with that. I'm, sure. I'm not with I'm going, going back. So while we talking about kids in the hood, making it out the hood, I think there's a lot of healing that has to happen in that process. There's a lot of love that has to happen in that process. And sometimes that love is in the form of dating, right? So there's a lot of instances where we dropping each other's traumas on each other and we don't even know what we dropping off. You bring in luggage, suitcases, over 50 pounds, and you're not getting charged that extra fee. Right. Like you do when you try to drop that at the airport. You know what I mean? This so, so is this Delta or what's this? And all of them. Okay. Like if you if your bag is overweight, you paying. Okay. So if your baggage is overweight in this relationship, you need to pay for that. You need to pay your dues, do your work, heal yourself right, right. before you expect me to heal you. So while we talking about dating, like, how do you feel about you coming from a different state? Say you and I are dating. We come from two totally different backgrounds. Okay. And I'm trying to date you, okay. and you got this guard up. You trying up. to date me, or I'm trying to date you. Okay. I mean, nowadays it could go either way. Nah, like I, women, I, I, nah, I women, know. women choosing, men choosing. Me? We all, we all choosing. Nowadays we all choosing. It, there is no tradition to dating. I've been choosing lately. I've been choosing lately. He looking at the audience, y'all. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just. Looking. I've been choosing. Y'all, Marvin choosing. <laughs> You got homeboys there, you're like, get out there, Marvin. Okay, but, <laughs> okay, but, okay, so say you dating, right? And you yeah. got a chick that probably make more money than you. Not like and she wanna okay. And she wanna pay for you on the first date. Okay. How you feel about that? It depends, like, if she says she wanna pay for the first date, that's cool, I'm not. You down for that? I'm down for that. Hmm. If she, listen, if she literally said, I wanna take you out on a date and pay What if, what if she cool. post about it? Now that's different, like, my, my, my problem, what if like, she post the check? I'm sorry. Like, click $200, me nah. and this dude went on a date, nah. and I covered it. My like, private life is my private life. I don't, don't post the but check. If you, okay, but if you took her out and spent 500 I'm still not posting it. But if you were a posting type of That's person. That's the thing. I'm not a posting type of person. That's the thing. I'm never going to post, this is what I spent on a date. Like, she know what's up. Like, so, you, not, so you cool with women paying for you? I'm cool with women paying in situations, not like every time we go somewhere, like she gonna pay, like, but if we go somewhere and she wanna pay, that's cool. Even if I got hundreds and thousands. If a woman come to you and say, hey, I wanna take you out, that means she anticipate paying. Okay. If a woman say, listen, if you come to me on the first date and say, hey, I wanna take you on a date, come on, take me on a date. Like, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you do your What thing. if you initiate the date if and I then, and the then date. you tell her to choose the place and it's far higher than what you expected? I'm gonna still pay for it at that point. If you anticipate and you tell me where you wanna go, but it's me initiating like, you know, all of the dating aspects, I'm gonna I'm pay for it. But okay. if you, and like, if you come at me and say, hey, I wanna take you out, like, let me, like, yeah, like, come on, take me out, that's cool. And I, I think it's I think it's okay for women to date who they want. I, I think, I think it's, it's okay. okay for women to ask people out. I think it's okay for women to propose. Mm -hmm. I think so too. You don't I have to get on think, one knee, but I think it's okay for women to propose. I think it's okay for women to propose. Do so y'all not y'all don't feel that Y'all don't feel that way? See, everybody gets you. You gonna start an uproar right now. You start, you start an uproar right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. wait, wait, wait. I got a mic. I got a mic for you. I 
said that it's okay for women to propose. I'd rather swallow jeans. <laughs> You'd rather swallow jeans. Why? because like we talked about like traditional dating I'm a very traditional dater so I would hope that my man is pursuing me and seeing me as the wife to be you need to get down on that knee in front of everybody show me you love me and like that's, that's it like I, that's not my place I feel like you know tradition is cool but in the circumstances circumstances matter so I do feel like everything is circumstantial if there's a point in time where he proposed to you and you said no, but you still wanted to be his girlfriend and still want to be up under him, I do feel like it's not just out of the order. Yeah, you can rewind it back. Hold on, let me get, let me get the perspective of a guy. Let me get the perspective of a guy. I don't think under no circumstance that a, I don't, I don't think under no circumstance that a woman should be proposing to a dude like ever. Like, that's, that's not traditional. That's not like, how could you let your woman get on one knee and propose to you? Like, you should have already had it figured out that, hey, this the one. But what if you're taking too long? And she is like, I'm ready, and if he's not ready, he gonna tell me no? Thing, but that's what I'm saying, like, if, if a woman feel like she has a timeline and it, it's, there's an expiration date on it, she need to make those stipulations clear. You know what I'm saying? And, like, she need to make that, she need to go ahead and put the guidelines and stipulations in place. Like, it's not, not gonna be no too long. Like, if you have your timeline and your expiration, then it's expired. You know what I'm saying? Your expectations have to be set. Okay. That's what's up. Okay. So, so my brother right here from Trinidad, you let us know what they think in Trinidad. So, in my opinion, right, like, a guy knows what he wants. So, and as a man, you're gonna feed off your woman's energy. So if you get that vibe that she wants you, she wants something bigger and you don't feed off of that, then it's like, you know what I mean? He don't want you. So like, you know, I don't agree that a woman should propose to a guy. That shit is weak, you know? He's gonna read, yeah. A man gonna be a man and step up, you know? That's just me. Okay, they don't want a weak girl. But if, but if you met a woman who you knew you would want to marry and she proposed to you before you got a chance to propose to her, is she wrong? At this point in time, I know we, we riled up a lot of emotions and, and conversation. So I'm going to bring this back to the audience. I want y'all to throw us a topic and we all going to talk about it. What advice do you have for individuals that are multifaceted? If they're, you know, corporate America, running a business, an entrepreneur, or just want to be themselves and enjoy life, you know, we're, we're in our 20s, approaching our 30s. This is the time of our lives, our prime. What do you say to those individuals that's trying to find a, a solid balance? Okay. That's a good question. That's a good question. Y'all give it up. Say, say your name, where you from, say your Instagram handle. My name is Brianna Jeter. I'm Instagram is Bree, B-R-E, Biz, B-I-C, Bridge, B-R-I-D-G-E. Okay, bet, bet, bet. Okay, so Bree asked us, what, what advice do we have for people who are multifaceted, trying to navigate multiple lanes in their career, in their personal life, all of the things? I'm somebody who works a nine to five. Okay. And then I have all of these passion projects, like the Catch Up Roundtable, like Get Up, Get Out, Get Active, mm -hmm. that I feel like I put far more energy into on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. So I'm working every day, eight to five, right? Nine to five, whatever, doing these, checking these boxes for somebody else. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you're a multifaceted person, at some point you have to choose a lane. 
And I know that I'm at the point where I really need to make a decision. I need to make a decision to invest in me full time or I need to continue sitting around doing what I, what I need to do to boost somebody else's dream right. while I sidebar mine to give it the little extra time that I have. And I think that's, that's the most difficult part about being a multifaceted person is like, you know what you wanna do and you know your passions, but what really makes you money? What sustains your lifestyle? What gets your bills paid? What you know, gives you the opportunity to, to, do all the, to live the life that you wanna live? So you, you come between a rock and a hard place really trying to, trying to make those decisions between passions and pursuit. So why not go with your passion? Because after you take the passion and then you don't have money, then that makes you unhappy that you can't meet the expectations of your bills and your responsibilities. So you gotta figure out how to make money with your passion. Exactly. But that's the hardest part. It's it's a grind. It's that's a leap the, of faith. That's the easiest. That's part. the grind. No, that's the grind. That's, that's the, the hardest part. part. The because you have that security. You got You have a job that supplies you all of the tools and resources. I didn't have. I know. I know. I gotta work there every day. I, I know I'm gonna get paid on the first and fifteenth. I know I'm gonna have health insurance. I know that if something happened to me, I got a backup. Like I can call them and be like, "Hey, I'm in this situation. Can y'all please help?" Like you know, you you have these guardrails when you work for a corporation. But now I think we're at the point, especially as young black people that are, that are um, of value as everybody else in this audience is, you have a decision to make. Like where do, you want, where do you want that value and that expertise and that energy to go? Are you gonna put it into executing somebody else's dream that you do every single day that you know is benefiting you nothing on the back end? Or do you choose to take the struggle route and deal with you know, some of everybody who want to execute their dreams on a very bare route. minimum level. I took the struggle route. My passion was, my passion was my company, which in, in that term, I went from being homeless, you know, sleeping in my office to building up my brand to now having, you know, a lot more than people expected me to have. That's the sacrifice so that you were willing to take. I took the sacrifice yeah. in order to do so. so yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't want to go the nine to five route to where like, I got to focus on somebody else's company and build somebody else's brand. I'm going to focus on my brand, which I did. That's real. I took a sacrifice with no income. With no That's income. real. Yeah, you I took a sacrifice it. with no income. But you, you, make, you make it happen. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Catch Up Roundtable. Coming up next, we have a very talented R&B singer here in Houston, Texas. She's a singer, songwriter, and has been a background vocalist for some of our favorite R&B singers like Destiny's Child. Y'all make some noise singing Muddy Waters, Chelsea Simone!